Ladies, gentlemen, welcome back to Black and Blurred. Hi. That's Darren. That's me. I'm Brandon. I sound like a rapper right now because my allergies have been killing me. <laughs> and it always happens when the weather is fluctuating. It's like 60 degrees, yeah, 40 cold. degrees, yeah, 80 degrees. That's Maryland. Uh, that's Maryland. And so, whatever. But, ladies and gentlemen, we are here with a fire episode. Yeah. Um, we have a sister with us, Constance, the writer and author and founder of Truth and Fire. If you are a fan of the um, American Gospel segments, um, I think it's Christ Alone and Christ Crucified. I think there's another one coming out soon. Um, you've seen her, and maybe you're familiar with her work. If you are not familiar with her work right now, Go look up Truth and Fire. And before you hear too much from me about it, I'm going to, let, I'm going to introduce her. Constance, it's good to have you on Black and Blurred. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so right, at, literally right now, um, as we were p- about to hit record, we just found out that Constance is like down the street from us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, That's wild. I, I'm sitting here planning this episode. I'm talking and corresponding with... I'm whoever Megan, I believe, uh, yeah. and I'm like telling her like, "Hey, yeah, we're on Eastern Standard Time. I just make sure I don't know where she, you know, whatever." I'm, and then you're like, "Hey, where are you guys?" And we're like, "We're in PG." And you're like, "Oh, I'm in Montgomery <laughs> County." Yep, yep. So, yep. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, it's quite possible that part two is going to be coming, and, and <laughs> it's going to be coming after we all have some dinner together. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> she, her husband, and me, and my wife, and Darren, and his wife. So, Constance, welcome. Um, we are fighting the same battle, not just as brothers and sisters in Christ, but then it feels like we're on kind of similar posts in the way that we and, and the things that we fight against. So tell the people a little bit about yourself and your blog, Truth and Fire, and how that started, how you got started in that. Um, and, what, you know, tell them a little oh, bit about that. Yeah, um, I started Truth and Fire in 2015, June of 2015. Ironically, um, I had gotten the idea for it in December of 2014. I sat on it for a while because I'd gone through this whole, and I kind of shared my testimony in American Gospel. I had gone through this this decade of anger or whatever with God mm. because I had gone through some things I didn't agree with. And then, um, so around 2014, I was forgiving God, mm. like just saying <laughs> that, like, I was like Lord, you know. But that's that's where I was at mentally. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, okay, I guess we could be friends again. Okay. <laughs> and um, so I got the idea to do um, to do the blog. I actually had a, a magazine back in the day called The Call, and mm. that was kind of related to what what got, what I had gone through. And so I didn't want to write anymore about faith because I, I was just so disillusioned. But mm. I started to feel better. Things were 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 on the up and up for me again. So I felt like I can write again. But I I didn't want to write anything without really knowing what the Bible said. So I started to read the Bible for myself mm. and um, got involved in this third this this ministry at my church. I was going to First Baptist uh, Church of Glen Arden at the time. Actually. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. At John Jenkins's church. I was going there and um, I uh, uh, what was I trying to say? Yeah. So I started I was going there and they had a women's discipleship group. And I joined that group. I didn't think I needed it because I was reading the Bible. I had the blog. And so I probably was writing for Truth and Fire for about six months. I would I think I was I don't think I was um born again at the time. I really Uh-oh. don't. I really don't. <laughs> I don't think I was, but I was writing about basic things. Like I think Bruce Jenner had come out as Caitlin and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um some other things were going on. And and so I was writing really basic things, like things we all know as Christians that 
you know, we should forgive people. A man can't be a woman, like basic stuff. So I didn't, thankfully, I didn't get into the weeds of theology where I ended up saying anything false. Yeah. (laughs) There's um, grace. There's grace even if you did. But Grace, oh my gosh. So six months into doing Truth and Fire, I get converted. Mm. And I'm like, what? So my writing just to- totally changes. I started getting more theologically dense and all that. Um, so yeah, it officially started in June of 2015, but I would say probably by J- January or February of, of uh, 2016, that's when things got a little bit deeper. Um, was writing for a little while um, and, and began to, because I wanted to start, I was, I was, one of those people that was uh, had a lot of zeal, but no knowledge, right? Yeah. And so once I'm start, I'm starting to get all this knowledge, and I'm so excited about what I'm learning from the Bible, and then I'm beginning to realize that John Jenkins wasn't safe to to uh, sit under. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Don't worry, I'm a poke. I'm a poke at it a little bit. <laughs> so I, I, I began to I began to realize that. Um, I began to realize that T D. Jakes was a false teacher. Mm. Joe Austin was a false teacher. And you were listening to all of these at the time. Well, actually, I was not listening to either of them at the time. But they were just um, not on the radar, really. They, they they weren't on my radar at that point, but I used to listen to them heavy, probably probably around 2014 and back. Mm. But around 2014 is when I was kind of going through that, that I need, you know, I need to really know what the Bible says kind of thing. And so I started to read it and then I really got into it and I, you know, I started the blog, but um my reading the Bible more really didn't have anything to do with my not listening to T.D. Jakes or Joe Austin. It's just it was more of like a time. Like I didn't really have really have the time that I used to have. Um, but when I realized they were false teachers, I like I probably realized they were false teachers around uh, sometime in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, because I remember in January 2016, I was still attending FBCG mm-hmm. and T.D. Jakes was preaching um, at the revival, whatever they do. They do this annual revival service in January. Yeah. And he said to write a check for uh, $2,016, $216, $20.16 or whatever. And I was like, $20.16. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. So I wrote my check. So I know at that point, I I, I don't think I was converted quite yet. But I think right yeah. after that, I got converted. Because I was like, I was still under the foolery at the time. Because yeah. I was like, I wrote in January 2016, but I wrote it for $20.16. And he had prophesied that, he prophesied, quote unquote, that it was my year, as they always say. My business was going to take off and all of this. And when I tell you that same year, my business started going through craziness and all that other stuff. Um, money got crazy. So oh, yeah. yeah, it was it was a lot. But yeah, about a year later. Um, so I wrote I wrote about TD Jakes in 2017 because it's you know between that time and 2017, I was beginning to realize who all these false teachers were, um, and all these people I had given so much credence and had to and respected so much were like proven to be false false teachers. I, I started to write about it, and so for a while, people began to peg Truth and Fire as a discernment blog um, or a uh heresy hunt you know calling me a heresy hunter and things like that and i'm like i was just coming into like realizing that these people were like oh my gosh so i'm the type um uh, by day i'm a teacher so i just i just tend to like to share what i learn not not as far as a gossip but (laughs) but when i get information that is helpful for me i like to share it with people can i pause can i interrupt you real quick yeah because i was just thinking about this what's that i (laughs) People's disdain 
for Christians sharing what's true. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Let me, let, me, and let me change that. Yeah. Professing Christians disdain yeah. for Christians sharing what's true. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do we lack sharing the truth that much that when a Christian does it, they're like, ah, 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 yeah. they don't know what it looks like. They don't no. know what it looks like. And it's like, why, why would the benefit of the doubt be given towards you're just this bitter Betty in yeah. her room yeah. wanting to hunt people down and tear yeah. them down? <laughs> Rather than saying, I want brothers and sisters to flourish in the knowledge of the Lord and grow to a mature stature that confirms their calling. And this person is driving you the opposite direction from that. Yeah. Yeah. So that and that's the heart I had. I was just like, oh, my gosh, like I got to tell everybody. And um, yeah, so that's what I was doing at the time. And so that's how I ended up getting in contact with um with Brandon from American Gospel, he reached out, and then you know I had no idea what the what the project was about. I just mm-hmm. it, it was just another way to just warn people, like, oh my gosh, she's a false teacher. Didn't I had I thank God that I was clueless. I didn't know really who uh, John MacArthur was at the time. I mm-hmm. didn't really know who Paul. I didn't know who these people were. I didn't even know what reformed anything was. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I just got involved, and I just wanted to. Sh- I didn't know who was in it. I just was like, yeah, sure, I'll share my testimony. No, no problem. Um, and then, um, got the opportunity to do that. And the rest is history. I I think between American gospel and, um, a piece I wrote on Lecrae that same year in 2017, those were the two things that kind of like spiraled. Took it off. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's it. Yeah. Man, the Lord. Yeah. Working through adversity, through humbling, right? Breaking. (laughs) Oh Yeah. Breaking. I mean, so yes. apparently that is that was your breakthrough. Your breakthrough yeah. came, huh? Right, right through right. being broken. Yeah, the same day I was recording my interview for American Gospel, my house was being sold on the PG County courthouse steps. Wow! That same day. So when I mean, I'm I'm genuinely crying in that documentary about the goodness of the Lord, but it was just looking at like I'm going through this. And this isn't even breaking me. It's not yeah, bothering yeah, yeah, me. I'm yeah. so at peace. I will come home every day, you know, because I don't know if anyone's ever been through foreclosure, but it is not fun. Mm. And they put these little notes on your door every day and yeah. just letting everybody know your business. And I'm like, yeah. ah, you know. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, well, I got a mansion in heaven. It's fine. It's, you mm. know, by the great, like, it was totally the grace of God that I went through that. But I remember, um, I remember the exact date, but I, my house was sold on the courthouse steps and um, Brandon reached out and he had gotten me a ticket to G3. I didn't know what G3 was. Um, had flown down to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I'm from, before this, that's where I'm from, so it was no big deal to go down there. But flown down to Atlanta, did my interview, and that's, at that same time, they were selling my house. So I was just like, Lord. <laughs> so definitely a humbling mm. experience. And so, um, but I'm grateful. God has been real good, you know, yeah. in spite of all that. So uh, when, when I hear you talk about that, and I hear you talk about, um, some of the promises of following Christ, that type of those trials and that, that um, type of suffering. Um, meanwhile, every human being is going to suffer. That's just part of being human. But yeah. this this suffering that actually molds you to look more like Christ uh, mm-hmm. is guaranteed to us for our good. Right. When you go through that and then when you hear the chirpings of kind of what, for lack of a better phrase, black church culture, where the, every week all you're getting is a false promise of some superficial material thing how right. does that how do, how were you receiving that in that moment when you're all that stuff in the background is just this noise that you 
we're used to. Meanwhile, this is what you're going through. Uh, I think for me, by God's grace, by then, I knew that stuff was a lie. Mm. But when I had gone through, so I've had two major um, financial issues, I guess you can say. Now, I'm, I'm not bad with money. Just I really think it was the <laughs> Lord praying for me. Like, I don't want people to be like, dang, girl, you know, but when I, so I mentioned that there was a time where I was angry with God. And Mm -hmm. so I had a, I had a magazine in the early 2000s called The Call. And I had gotten interviewed with, uh, by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Rolling Out Magazine. Um, There was this channel down, uh, down, I don't know how they were syndicated, but in Atlanta, it was called um, UPN. Um, and so I had gotten an interview with them. And so I'm, I'm, do, I'm doing this little tour, this media tour. Um, we had, we put the, the magazine out during T.D. Jakes's, gosh, I forget the name of the conference, um, Megafest. It was Megafest. Huh, yeah. um, and so that's how that magazine began to take off a little bit. So people in like Alabama, Tennessee, like the southern states knew about it. And so, you know, I had my own office in downtown Atlanta. I was writing for a magazine in Atlanta at the time from from uh, this gentleman I, I met in college. He was the publisher of it. I don't know if he still publishes it or not, but um, so he had this office space in downtown Atlanta, offered me space. And um, I thought I was doing my thing, you know, but again, zeal with no knowledge. So I was mm-hmm. a professional Christian um, doing the moral stuff, doing all the good things. I had always been known to be a good girl, you know, amongst people who knew me. Mm. Um, the only missing piece was like, okay, I, now I'm going to finally give my life to God, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so I did that. I had the magazine and, um, things just were not going the way that they should have gone. Um, I was a member of Eddie Long's church at the time. Oh, wow. You made your rounds. Yeah, you've you, you been through it. <laughs> you've been through it. So, yeah, I was a member of his church. And he. I remember that sun, one Sunday he goes, you know, God told me to tell you. Ooh, famous mm-hmm. last word. Mm-hmm. God told me to tell you that you can quit that job. And I was like, yes, because I've been doing this magazine and it's taking off. I, like, I literally was, I was working at a law office and I had my own office. And I was doing interviews with T.I., Mary, Mary. Like, I was, like, talking to people from work, and I felt bad about it. Mm. So I was like, God, I don't want to be dishonest by doing stuff for this magazine on company time. So Mm. it's time for me to move on. So I quit the job. And I had probably, like, $3,000 to my name. I was, like, 23 or something Mm. like that. So I quit that job. And so that's how that happened. And and so um, I felt like because of everything that Eddie Long preached about, you know, prosperity and success and all of that. And and I was doing it for God. Even the the interview I did with the Atlanta Journal Constitution, I actually, I think I said something like that in the interview. I'm doing this for God and whatever. It's weird craziness. Yeah. And so um so I was angry with God or at God once, um, unfairly, and I know that of course now, but uh because everything that I was being taught from T D Jakes, oh not T D Jakes, um Eddie Long was that um, because I was doing something for God, everything should be smooth. I shouldn't have to go through anything crazy. But, you know, rent was still due. Car note was still due. Mm. You know, things were still coming up. And I'm like, mm, you know, what this? What do they say? These the, these bills ain't billing. I don't know. Yeah, right. the, the money wasn't money and it wasn't coming <laughs> as fast as I felt like it should. And so, um, yeah, I, I just fell on hard times. And I was really upset um, and just angry with God. So I thought it was hilarious that fast forward to around 2016, I'm doing much better. I'm in D.C. I have my own home. 
Um, of, of course, I'm still under the guise of this prosperity gospel. So I felt like because I was doing so well, that that meant that God loved me again. Mm. Like a jacked up, yeah, ooh, yeah, yeah, God, yeah, yeah. Jacked up uh, theology, but um, or doctrine, I should say. And so it. It, it it that's why I, that's why I was at a place where I was like okay God I forgive you <laughs> you know right. so I felt better about going back to the Bible and all of that I was still going to church and everything at the time um, I was attending before that before I went to FBCG I was attending um, a church in Alexandria Virginia um, forget the name of it with uh you guys may know who this is oh gosh. Gosh, gosh, what's his name? It's off Duke Street. I don't know if you guys know. Um, oh, I know you're talking about Howard John uh, Howard Johnson. What Wesley? Howard, Howard John Wesley. Yeah. I was attending his church for a little while, and then um, when I moved over to Maryland, I ended up joining FBCG. But anyway, mm. um, so by the time I got to the point of my foreclosure, I, I by by that point I was I was saved. I knew the gospel and all of that. Um, and I was, of course, still, you know, hoping that I didn't have to actually go through through with it. But the way the Lord was, you know, providentially working and everything that I knew, because, you know, in the world, I thought, you know, I could have whatever job I wanted. I was very ambitious. Um, everything was about my legacy, um, about my good name. You know, I was all about mm. that. This boss chick kind of mentality. I was mm. all about that. Mm. Especially coming from Atlanta, no knock to my sisters in Atlanta, but that tends to be a, you know, a, a, a mindset like that is you know, in Baltimore too. Independent boss chick, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so I had that mentality as well. So when I got my house, I was like, "Y'all can tell me nothing. I'm a homeowner." Right, 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 right. So by the time I was, I was, I was converted, um, I knew all that stuff didn't matter. So I thought it was hilarious that the timing worked out where no matter what I did, my contracts kept falling through. Like I would be a subcontractor for someone else and that contractor would lose the contract mm. over some small technical, it was just crazy stuff. Yeah. And so no matter what I, anything I tried to do, you know, you know, being this boss chick that I thought I was back in the day, I always tried to manipulate, you know, my circumstances, control my circumstances, I thought that was taking charge, but it's just just me doing things in my own strength. And none of that stuff was working. Yeah. Um, by the time I got, you know, through that process, I, I literally just like, Lord, everything I'm trying is just not working. And so that house, that house gone, been gone, stayed gone, then come back. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, and I can talk about it freely because I know, right. I mean, it's not it's not embarrassing to me because I'm just like, child, live another day. You'll see something. It yeah. may not be closure you know it might be divorce if it's not divorce it'd be that not and i don't want especially now that i'm married i don't wish that on anybody but right. i'm saying like, the lord has a way of humbling all of us That's in right. some way That's you know right. so, um but through that experience i was i had a lot of joy i had a lot of peace and i know that was the lord and i'm thankful that at that point i was saved because when i had a false understanding of, of the lord when i went through everything after leaving my job in the early 2000s I got angry at God because I felt like he owed me something. Mm, and then right. this this time around, I'm like, well, the Lord is my provider, so he will take care of me. But I didn't feel like he I, I wasn't um, presumptuous and I wasn't um, prideful or or just assuming upon the, gr the grace of God. It's just I just believe the truth about him and, you know, things work themselves out. So yeah. I don't know. It's just interesting. Damn. Things worked out. I, I had the pleasure of. Um, leaving Baltimore for ministry in Silver Spring, 
in mm. in 2013. Yeah, it was yeah, it was random. Yeah, 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after a certain amount of time, there was something oh, I realized just being a part of those circles and um, from a church planning perspective, and is I think it's Acts 29 circles and pastors and things like that. Um, and then also having our background and coming from a small church in Baltimore City. It's like one thing that hurts my heart is all the different distinctions that are highlighted in black church and white church. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I hate those phrases, uh, first of all, because uh, it's the church. The church right now is diverse and it's made up of even more people than black and white. That's but, right. Um, but if there are going to be some distinctions to highlight, I always wanted to highlight the beauty of those different spaces and how they can feed off of one another. An example is that the culture we came from was a culture when it, when, and, and when it's healthy, that has a very healthy reverence for God, a recognition of his holiness and his righteousness. And that approach is very uh, humble and it's awe stricken. Right. And mm-hmm. I feel like when we get into more white evangelical spaces, it becomes more casual. Mm-hmm. Um, and so worship is affected in a certain way. This is a very general, big, big generalization. But in the other way, I would say theology in a, in, in a lot of white evangelical spaces in this country is rich. Mm-hmm. It's very rich. Yeah. And we don't benefit off of those things by learning from one of the, being with one of the, um, right. and doing that. And so all of that to say, as you have uh, been to the who's who and sat under the who's who of preachers and teachers, um, that kind of established you on this very thick false rug to be pulled out from under you. Um, why do you think so many b- young black Americans draw towards like a T.D. Jakes or a Howard John Wesley or, a you know, Creflo Dollar? You know, what is that? Um, I have an idea and I'm going to speak on it from my perspective as far as what I was thinking at the time that I was joining yeah. these churches. Um, I didn't grow up in the church, um, mm. so I had no idea what church was supposed to look like. I'd, I'd seen, you know, I probably had gone to church maybe three or four times. I don't know. Mm. I don't remember. Maybe it was for a funeral. I don't know. But there was always like a sweaty person breathing into the microphone really hard. <laughs> all of that. So that's all I knew. Um, and I and I and I knew the collection plate was coming around. Mm. But you know, our family was you know low slash moderate income. I don't, we we didn't you know how to people go low to moderate income. We were low income, probably mm-hmm. below low income. And so when you grow up in a in an in an environment, and while I, again I don't know if that's necessarily the case for a lot of African Americans today in the eighties and maybe coming up in the nineties, what I saw that was very that was the norm where everyone was pretty much low income yeah. in the good quote unquote, and um. So I always thought that God hated me and I hated the fact that every time I turned around, we had to figure out how we were going to, you know, eat, <laughs> where we we're going to live. Mm-hmm. We we're going to have Christmas or not. Like that was just frustrating. Right. So when you become old enough to do something about it and you get to a church where there's there's they're saying to you that God loves you, which is true. Right. Mm-hmm. They're taking this grain of truth. And then they start piling all these other things on about success and wealth and all of that. And I'm like, yeah, like, okay, so God does love me. So all I got to do is just do X, Y, Z, A, B, C. Mm -hmm. So I was drawn to it because, you know, 
very humble beginnings, humble, you know, humble uh, means and things like that. A lot of, um, I want to say robbing Peter to pay Paul, but just a lot of, a lot of um, finagling, if you will. My husband yeah. used that word. A lot, a lot of, <laughs> he's like, that's not what that word means. But, <laughs> but, but I've heard so many people use it the same way. I'm like, in the South, we say finagle. We're trying to say make, make something work. Right, right, right. But anyway, I got tired of that. So when you're telling me that this this version of Jesus is the pathway to get away from all of that, mm. I'm with it. Let's go. Now, by God's grace, there was there was something in me. I know it was the Lord that put that in me, but there was something in me that wanted more. I didn't know exactly what that was, but I knew because um, I knew I didn't know who Jesus actually was. But the the prosperity gospel got to me because it was just the antithesis of everything I knew growing up. Um, and I wouldn't, I didn't necessarily see it as a racial thing. I saw it as more of a, as a socioeconomic thing. That's possible. Yeah. That's, I think that's connected. Yeah. And I know some people, for some people, those things go hand in hand, race and socioeconomics. But for me, it was just more like, I'm tired of being broke. I'm tired of being dejected and poor and, and, and prosperity preachers talk about that. Yeah. Like you mm. broke, busted and disgusted. Yeah. It's a sin. So I'm like, they pray on them. Yeah. Yeah. So they pray. So I think, that the reason that you might find more young black people uh, caught up in that is they probably come from uh, environments where they don't see a um, the love of God, the, the true love of God being on, on display or knowing that God or someone else loves them. Cause you're thinking about individuals who are coming from broken homes. Mm-hmm. Um, th- you know, usually they're with their mothers and yeah, of course, you know, your mom loves you, but she has to be your mother and your father. Mm-hmm. So she's going to be a little bit tougher on you um, and probably less nurturing. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not probably going to be as, as present. So you're not getting that, that love that you need. So you go to these churches and they tell you that God loves you. And that's true. And then they go, and then Jesus died. Now, one thing they did tell me at at uh, Eddie Long's church is that Jesus died for my sins. They said that. Mm-hmm. But what they did was they said he died for my sin of being broke. What? <laughs> what? My sin of being poor, my sin of being depressed, my sin of, you know, all of that. So they took That's that. That's a new one. Yeah, they, oh, yeah. So prosperity preachers, they make being poor or low income a sin. And so if you oh Jesus died for my sins, so that's why you hear people, um, you know, talking about uh, I claim it. And that's, you know, yeah, and they yeah. start claiming houses and cars and all of that because they need to they need to come out of that sin of being without. And it's, it's a mess. And so and then the, the gag of it all is that you come in broke, but then they tell you that you got to give, give them some money. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I ain't got it, bro. Remember? Remember? So that's what grew me. And then you get to these churches and they're, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with the church being beautiful and well put together. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but yeah. you had these churches where a lot of money was yeah, yeah. going towards upkeep and maintenance. So yeah. you get to the palatial looking building and everything's new and you have these well-dressed, you know, individuals in the pulpit. So you're like, I'm trying to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's very sick. So I think they they take advantage of this. Um, of course, this. I think I don't know if someone said this. Well, someone said this, but I can't remember who it was about pro- the prosperity gospel offers you everything that Satan offered Jesus in the wilderness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it's basically that. So it feeds into this, this, this. Some of it is a legitimate need. Of course, we need to eat. We need to have a place to stay. Blah blah. Mm-hmm. But it feeds into that sin of 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 of. Uh, 
feeling like we need to have um, that rich young ruler mentality of having all these things. Right. Um, and so when you kind of, again, grow up without or grow, grow up in an environment where you see a lot of people without, and then you go into an environment where you see all these black people looking like they're doing the dang on thing. Mm-hmm. I know, I remember Eddie Long would be in the pulpit glistening, like literally glistening. <laughs> like his it's hair. Cocoa butter, man. His, yeah, his, the, his hair was glistening because he probably from the S-curl or the activator. I don't know. Mm. The skin was glistening. Of course, you know, he had on the, the, the jewelry. Yeah, yeah. You know the muscle shirts. I I went. I was like, bro. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, he yeah. had, he had, but he was, you know, but he was fit. So he had all these things. This 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 vision of looking healthy and wealthy. Mm-hmm. And you're coming from an environment where everybody's sick, everybody got diabetes, yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. blood pressure. You know, so you they they take all of that. And I'll never forget there was a sermon once that Eddie Long gave us. He was talking about health, and he literally told us how he goes to the bathroom. And what it looks like. Perfect. And I wrote it down. Perfect. <laughs> I wrote it down because I'm like, I'm trying to be healthy. You yeah, know, right, so, right, right. It was, she said, I wrote it down. I wrote it. I was like, it's supposed to be what color? Okay. Bro. Oh, and my goodness. Like, that stuff is like insane. But I think part of it, I think that's part of it. Again, Ooh. I can't speak for the whole, but I think for as far as African Americans go, namely those of us who grew up. Um, in low to moderate income environments, I think part of that is the draw. Now, I know mm-hmm. that ultimately, biblically speaking, people want their ears t- tickled. Yeah, right. But I do think that there can be some genuine believers. There are some genuine believers yeah. among all of that because the Lord pulled me out of that. That's right. So because of that, I know that there's people there who may have been drawn to it because of, you know, sincerely not having much growing up, mm-hmm. but they when they hear the actual gospel. Well, they're looking to, to be discipled. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's how you end up with gang members, right? It's, it's yeah. you, you get the young guys who yep. don't have dreams of being a gang member. They're looking for a father. Mm-hmm. They're looking. Yep, yep. So there's that. There's a core need that you know Satan and will send his minions out to try to fulfill, but it's being fulfilled in a, of course, perverted way. Whatever, right. whatever the perversion looks like, it doesn't always have to be uh, a sexual thing or anything yeah, like right. that. That's right. Be a perverted gospel, you know what I mean. So, and I think that there are people who don't recognize just how evil that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I think, um, in in relationship to the American gospel documentary, people's understanding of hell is very sterile or sanitate, sanit, sanitized, sanitized. Definitely, yeah. Um, it's sanitized. Even even the concept of what it means to be separate from God. For eternity, every aspect of goodness and what that means to be separate from God for eternity and how um, people are kept in that way. We all have made a choice. We are all rebels. We've all like sheep gone astray. Mm-hmm. But there are people who pave the way for people to continue down that path of rebellion mm-hmm. through yeah. false teaching. Yeah. 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 And it needs an alarm. Yeah. God has sent people to sound alarms. And these are people who are coming to find the truth. Yeah, right. And they turn around and go, nah, go back to where you came. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, that's what you're doing. Right. Yeah. As someone who is sitting there eating it up, you can say, oh, no, I know what you're thinking. I know where you are. And I know what you're probably thinking about me right now. But I'm telling you. Don't listen to the dude in the muscle shirts. Why would he be wearing those muscle shirts? What is that? I have no idea. I, I really think it has something to do with, with 
with fitness or something. I don't mm. know, but it was very distracting. And and not from like, ooh, it, I was just like, why you got that on? You know? Yeah. <laughs> it looked like a like a leotard to me. Like a, yeah. a Right. And so um, it's but, wild you know. that they're actually there. I mean, even in their mind for the fact that I think that it's, well, it's definitely intentional to be dressed up in the garb and, you know, to be glistening, like you said. <laughs> um, but I know that they're thinking that, hey, people are watching me and they're going to want to be like me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That lifted up out of itself is a biblical principle. That's a biblical mm-hmm. principle for a shepherd. To mock, to live in such a way because people are watching you, mm-hmm. but we're to be imitators of Christ, right. right? So that they will be imitators of Christ as well. Meanwhile, right. they're out there imitating. I don't know. Yeah, some uh, different Jesus. I remember <laughs> I just recently watched an American Gospel and uh, Creflo Dollar. They asked him, uh, "Do you think Jesus would be driving around in a a Maserati?" Said one, "Yeah, I think so." He rode on a donkey. No man did that before. <laughs> that was his response. Wow. Wow. Interesting. That's, that's, I mean, I've never. Yes. I've, <laughs> what? It's just. I don't know. That, but that's what? the Jesus they think. You know what I mean? Whoever that yeah, guy is that they made up. Um, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's, I, I don't know how someone's mind, especially people like T.D. Jakes and, and Creflo, who I know. I would overhear my grandmother, my paternal grandmother, listening to them in the 80s or maybe mm-hmm. I think in the 80s. And so, again, I don't know what's what, but people say that back then they were solid. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. people say they were solid. So my whole thing is like, how do you know the truth? And then intentionally, like, I don't know. I'm not even going to try to. I don't right. want to. I don't right. want to know. But it's, it's such a it's such a wicked warped way to not only live but to to influence other people right yeah um and i'll never understand it but i i just pray that those who are sitting under those individuals or individuals like them because there's a new crop um i did a piece um in 2018 to dedicate it to the the new class of false teachers that are coming up mm-hmm. and of course since then there's been a new there's a new class every year but mm-hmm. um so you know you got the, the sarah J- i actually have on a, it's funny you're talking about false teachers they have on my joyce paula uh, Beth, whatever. Oh, series. man. Oh, wait. Hold, stand up a little bit yeah, so yeah, that yeah. I can get in the camera. It's a false teacher shirt. So it's just basically, I got in trouble for this shirt on um, wow. Instagram. People are like, that's so unloving. I'm like, Ugh. yeah. Hey, no. It's loving. So, that's loving. Yeah. So I have this shirt and I have one with um, TD Jakes and um, uh, I think it's Todd White. And yeah. It's on your website, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember who's all on there, but for some reason, this thing is selling like hotcakes over in the West Coast. So whoever's oh, over there, thank you. Like the folks in the West Coast going in, yeah. but it's like they've been buying these shirts like crazy. But um, it's something that, that but the new crop of false teachers with with um uh what's his name? T D Jakes' daughter Sarah. Uh, people thought I was talking about Sarah Young, but I was talking about Sarah Jakes here. Mm. But hey, either. Same difference. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all false, you know. All getting false revelations. But I got to up. I got to get some updated stuff for that because yeah, right. there's a new class. But um, I, I bring that up to say that it's it's interesting to have these people who have gone the way of um, perdition, if you will, for so long. And it's people are like you got to pray that they repent. And I'm not saying that isn't that they that they won't. But based on what Second Peter two says, I'm, I'm yeah. 
I'm preaching on Second Peter one this Sunday. All right. <laughs> so when you get to Second Peter two, it's gonna be. But yeah. I just, I don't know. I just That's feel the whole like, point. Um, yeah, I don't even. I don't know what. I mean, I, I mean, I guess I know. Scripture tells us what it is. It's it's the filth, filthy filthy. I can't say the word. Filthy loop. <laughs> but it's that so it's the money it's the it's the the pride and all of that yeah. um but it does a lot of damage to people and are you from the, oh i'm sorry go ahead no no i was just saying it just does a, it does a lot of damage to people and i and i i pray that folks who just presume that those of us who are warning them about these people will come to understand that it's a loving thing and i have had yeah. some people tell me that um, they go off on me in the comments and all in the public space, but then right. they want to email me. Uh-huh. Like, I'm scared about three years ago. I thought you was crazy. I can't real. I put that out there so everybody right. can see. Yeah, it. that's right. right. That's exactly right. Right. That's right. exactly Paul. right. Right, Paul. That's don't be exactly no right. Don't let me out of here secretly. <laughs> uh, I rebuked Peter to his face right. in front of you everybody. Know, you yeah. know, they go off on us in, in public in front of everybody. That's exactly <laughs> right. Just want to say thank you, girl. I've been watching. That's that's exactly how I feel. The private message. Well, that that actually. Well, I did have a question I want to ask, but that is key. Like people, people will encourage you in private, and though, like, let me don't let me me not sound ungrateful. Mm -hmm. That encouragement is welcome. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you very much. But dog. (laughs) Mm-hmm. We need voices out in these streets. Yeah. We need, you know, like, do you have no idea the people? I mean, <laughs> that's like some. That's like the little sitcoms when there's a fight about to happen and somebody's like, "I'm right behind you, bro. I'm right behind you," and they run in the other way. I'm right behind you, and it's like, uh, "What's yeah. going on?" It's like, okay. But, what, yeah. what What do you think? Have Are you familiar with Jude three? A little bit. Um, from what I've seen, I'm good. Uh, well. <laughs> I, I, in the very beginning, in the very beginning, what I was searching for years ago was just a platform where people are providing apologetics in a context that a lot of black Americans are familiar with. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, hey, I, I love classical apologetics and, and, I'm, and I'm trained in it, but I didn't have anybody talking about how do I talk about, you know, these dudes who are my age to think they're Moors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or black Hebrew Israelites, you know, yeah. things like that, and, and engaging that stuff. And okay. so, in the very beginning, they were bringing people on to talk about that stuff, and it was great. But then mm-hmm. it started morphing into this. Woke. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is before even got woke. This is what broke the straw that broke the camel's back for me. There was a discussion with Carl Ellis, um, and and a, and a couple other people, and Howard John Wesley was a part of this discussion. Mm. And the question was asked. If Jesus is the only way to salvation. Now, Carl Ellis and this other guy were fighting, saying, well, yeah, that's what the scripture says. That's what Jesus said. Yes. Howard Wesley and another woman were like, you know, people, you know, I will say that's true for me, but I'm not going to force that on people. And I'm like, bro, what are you even doing right now? Pastor Wesley's been doing that since I was attending his church probably around 2011, 2010, 2011, something like that. He and gosh, I remember there was a there was something on the the referendum from Maryland. I wasn't living in Maryland at the time. It was for gay marriage. Mm -hmm. And he was he was trying to get the membership to support those who lived in Maryland. You know, in the DMV area, everybody, you know, might live in one place and go to church somewhere else. But. 
he was trying to get his his Maryland membership to vote for it, saying that they didn't have a right to withhold that civil right from the. I was just like, bruh, what? Bruh. Yeah, but that's a. Yeah. I mean, that's a big like part of prosperity teachers is that they it's their version of unity. They can't, yeah. they can't be exclusive in anything. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, they have to like, have to include everybody. It's not for me. But 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 I I don't condone it. But I'm just like, bro. Yeah, I know. That's, that's, that's well. That's anybody weak. who claims to be a herald of the gospel has and 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 teaches that forgets that they've been entrusted with that message. Mm-hmm. The message right. the message of reconciliation is a message of reconciliation between a sinner and a righteous God. Mm-hmm. And and you are withholding that message like the. You know, many parables, the one that buries the talent, the ones that yeah, show up to the banquet late. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. All, all of that. Yeah. You you you're, you don't see yourself in that story. Uh, and that's very frightening. Yeah. That's very frightening. And I was yeah. shocked. I didn't find out about Howard Wesley until I moved to this area. I didn't grow up um, mm-hmm. like knowing about all of these types of guys. Yeah. But. Uh, and so when I started listening to him. I would not immediately put him in the bag of like a TD Jakes type dude. But the more I listen to him, I'm like, I might put you in the bag of like a TD Jakes type dude. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, not, I don't, I haven't listened to him in years, but at the time that I was a member of his church, he, he was more of a soul. He was more, he was woke before woke was real talk. Real talk. Yeah, so he was woke before then because I remember, um, I wasn't a member of his church at the time of the whole Trayvon Martin. This is exactly what I'm thinking about. Uh, I wasn't a member then, but I remember when he did the whole hoodie Hoodie thing. thing. I wasn't converted yet, but I remember everyone giving him, he, he's the people's champ in the black community. because He does so much stuff. That's another draw too, because um, Eddie Long was good about this as well. They would do things for the black community that, you know, people in the black community would say they need it. So, If they need Christmas gifts for the babies, they're going to make sure you have Christmas gifts. They're going to make sure people's rent is paid. They're going to make sure the single mom has a car. They're going to they're going to do these material things, um, which from a from a business standpoint or from from a marketing standpoint, phenomenal and strategic, because now you got people like me. Defending him to people like it's a false teacher, and I didn't know what people meant when they said it. I was just like, "You just hate because you got money," you know. <laughs> and they were like, <laughs> and I was like, "Uh, uh-uh, yo," and they and I was like, "But he he gave this, and why does he need you know this kind of car, this kind of car?" I was like, "But he gave a single mom a car, blah blah blah." So they do those things to help us shut the mouths of those who would um yeah. who, who would say something yeah. against them. Yeah. But the reality is. He is a false teacher, and it just is what it is. But um, they they will get you. They will be the ones that'll have a vaccine clinic at church while the church is closed. I don't know. Oh, they're not gonna have worship service, but they're gonna have people out in the parking bars. Lot. Oh they're my gonna, goodness! They're gonna have. have <laughs> oh my goodness! Funk flex drop bombs right now. You know they're gonna do those things, and so they're gonna do all those those practical things that seems um good. That seems yeah. good. Or, wise and ultimately your whole soul you know is about to just fry but it's cool i hated that so much when i was watching i think we just talked about this in the last episode but we were watching certain preachers and pastors kind of like with zeal and i don't know (laughs) i don't i don't even know just the audacity to speak so boldly about closing your church yeah 
I know that there are pastors that made that decision in caring for their flock. I'm not ridiculing closing the church, although I do think it was harmful. I, I, I do think that's harmful. But, you know, the, like we said in the beginning, God's grace is sufficient for us all. But the ones who were like, it's, I'm, I, you know, like, yeah. it's only loving. It's only loving the closing oh, yeah. church. <laughs> it's loving. And then like what you just said, but but you still want to make sure the engagement interaction is happening for the church's benefit. And so you're not there for the community's benefit. You're going to close down the lighthouse in this dark place. Mm-hmm. But you want to make sure that the funds are still coming in some type of way. There's a connection to make sure that the funds are still coming. I'm like, my goodness, I hate this. I hate it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 unfortunate, but yeah. I, I and that, and I think that's where a lot of these people get their a leg in with the racial conversations. Um, you know, I, I heard after the whole uh, not yeah George Floyd situation, I heard a lot of people challenging their pastors, especially in the reform circles, where um, you know a lot of the pastors might be white, mm-hmm. and so you have these you know. Um, I don't know if every everyone was you know necessarily black, but you had these members going to their pastors demanding that you know they speak on yeah, right. the the yeah. issue of the day, right? Um, and uh, the pastor you know probably declined to do so, but just you know because they may be doing a um, uh, they may be going through scripture. Uh, what am I trying to say? What's the what's the what's the teaching style? Exegetically, uh, exegetical teaching. Thank you. And as opposed to topical, mm-hmm. and so they may be doing that, and so then they'll they'll leave the church. Oh, you're not you don't care about black people because right. you're not mm, you know, right. talking about this, and so you have that type of stuff going on. And so I see a lot of I saw this with um, Truth Table. I don't rock with them. Okay, I'm not familiar with Truth Table. I don't don't look it up. Then don't look again. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't rock with them. I don't rock with them. I don't rock with y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Truth <laughs> table. Let, let, it, let it be known. I don't want no confusion. I don't rock with them. Now that they're like, girl, we don't care. And, and, I, and I don't care that they don't care. But my point is, because they're, they're, they're a panel. I think it's like three or four um, black women. And they have this podcast. And they talk. And they're black reformed. But they, it's weird. Mm-hmm. And um, I probably listened to like, I don't even think I got to, through two episodes. Like so me. we just pulled up the front page and it says a podcast by black women and for black women. So we're excluded. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was I, I heard of them. 2018 was that year where I was learning all this stuff. Reform this. Uh, who was who? Who was that? Blah, blah, blah. But truth table. I was like, I'm good. Um, so, yeah, the Jew three situation. Um, the who was the, what's the other group? Um X no. Mm, what's the other group? There's there's a group out of Atlanta. They're out based Atlanta? in Atlanta. I think I it was think like I thought it was like X something. Hmm. Um, but I, I just I just stay away from all of that because they they get into the whole race thing and yeah. I saw this, but I saw this with Truth Table back in I think around 2018 um, when they were talking about the white man and and it just seemed like. But they were talking about reformdom, but they were talking about they were they was treating the white man as the gatekeeper of reformdom. Therefore, reformdom is a problem. Therefore, reformdom is not the move. And this yeah, they always do this. They always do that. So now seeing how people are now trying to, you know, now just full disclosure, I always say that I don't necessarily identify as reformed. And I don't mean that I don't believe what right. we call reformed doctrine. I'm not right. saying that. 
I just try to stay away from the labels. The labels, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's too much for me. Like, I I learned all this stuff in 20. I'm like, I'm just a Christian. That we, right, we don't just right. Like, well, that's I what thought- I related to. I remember because I, you know, I didn't come to Christ till college and um, not far after that, I went to seminary. And I remember people asking me, you know, now here's the thing. Meanwhile, we grew up in a reformed Presbyterian church. So I'm familiar with certain terms. I'm familiar with the tulip and all that stuff, but I didn't know what it was because I wasn't paying attention and I was sleeping. So, but <laughs> you know, when I'm, when I'm following Christ and people are asking me questions, right, about grace and about atonement and, um, you know, you know, all, all of the things, mm-hmm. um, I was answering from a biblical perspective and not from a one who knows the Calvinist teaching. Right. Perspective. Exactly. And so there are things that I agree with that I hear, but, I don't really care about being called a Calvinist. Right. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not baptized in his name. Exactly. Um, So, (laughs) you know, know. and this, you know, well, he's a reform day. I'm like, and I get all that, but I'm just like, thank you, Martin Luther and all y'all. Thank you. (laughs) But the, the grace that has was bestowed upon you to do these things is for the sake of the gospel that, you know, so I, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's just so much. It, I didn't realize how political it yeah. could be as yeah. a believer. I didn't know. I just didn't know there was so much going on. So what I try to do on my platform is just let people know, like, look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Christian. And the truth that I espouse here, either you're going to rock with it or you don't. Like, yeah. I'm not. Are you Calvin? I'm not. Right. Look, do you agree or you disagree? You want to have a conversation about it? What? You know, mm. because I feel like once you, you know, fall under a particular label, people think they know everything you everything know about, about you. you. Yeah. yeah, everything about you. And they're like, oh, well, I can't talk to you because you think that um, exactly you don't have right. to gospel. And it's like, I don't know. You've got you the know. wrong eschatology. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah, there's a lot of presuppositions that come with all of that. And I don't, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. And so I, I just try to stay away. Other than Christian or disciple of Christ, I just keep it pushing. Mm. Um, But if people want to know who I am, because it's funny because tomorrow we're supposed to be doing we're supposed to be doing a, a discussion on um, uh, predestination versus free will. And mm. I was like, man, I know a whole lot of quote unquote Calvinists because, but I wanted there to be um, the Armenian perspective. And it's just like mm-hmm. trying to find somebody his bed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I that, you know, so um, is that happening yeah. on your podcast or. Um, yeah. So it's going to be, I have this thing called a sub- subscriber engagement. It started when we were um, doing quarantines. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a little small group where um, those who subscribe to the blog come over and, you know, we go through the Bible on, on, over a particular topic. This one was going to be more broad because um, we were going to have some gentlemen participating, but everybody's just like, everybody, we all agree. So I was just yeah. like, what kind of conversation is that going to yeah, be? We yeah, all yeah, know, which yeah, yeah, yeah. is good that we agree, but it's like, I, you know, I, I you know, Something happened on something's always happened on Instagram mm. um, a few weeks ago where a whole war broke out in the comment section about um, free will versus predestination. So I was like, mm. all right, everybody, let's just calm down and let's just move this into like a, you know, a, a forum where we can actually hear each other. Yeah, yeah, all, yeah. all the people that were doing all the that's it, I can't rock with y'all, Calvin. It's blah, blah. Everybody's quiet when I say, well, come on, you know, come on to the show. Da, da, da. No yeah. one's crickets. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. that's, that's exactly fun. what we do. Yeah. And that's fine, you know, it's okay. But yeah, so we're gonna postpone that for now. But um we'll we'll see okay. <laughs> what we can do. But um yeah, I just um I, I just I just pray that those who are getting sucked into that right now would just see the light. And I'm grateful that 
God is just, just even with, I don't know where you guys are with the vaccine. So I'm not trying to make this whole thing political, but I just, I love how the Lord just providentially brings things together to open people's eyes over the small things, giving mm-hmm. us a way of escape, if you will. Yeah. Like um, people were so afraid of COVID and so convinced that they were going to kill their grandma if they, you know, look through her window and all this other stuff uh, without <laughs> being vaccinated. And, you know, then in December, everybody got COVID. Everybody and got COVID. Everybody got it. So it was like, all right. So now people are like, oh, no masks, no vaccine, yeah. whatever, whatever. We're all inoculated. Um, but yeah, but I thank God that, you know, he, he allowed, the truth comes out. Like, you know, the yeah. lie may have a little success for a while, but the truth eventually comes out. Yeah. But um, So hopefully something similar will happen with all that's going on with the, with the race baiting and the, and the yeah. infighting that's happening um, with people. I'm not sure if you guys have been paying attention, attention with what's going on with um, Pastor Mason. Um, Eric Mason. Eric Mason. What has he done recently? Uh, uh, he, he apparently Jude three, as a matter of fact, apparently has a documentary coming out, I think in June, you know what? I saw a clip from that and he, yeah, where he, yeah, he's kind of talking about, it's hard to find white people in the Bible. Yeah. You gotta yeah, look yeah, for yeah, them. yeah. You got to look for them, but you don't have to look and for black then, people. Yeah. And before that he started talking, he, he, he did this clip about, you know, you were, you were speaking earlier about doing apologetics and, you know, maybe an urban or, or, um, a black, you know, environment or community or whatnot and Mm -hmm. he i guess he's trying to do the same thing but it's like the way it's coming about it's like kill whitey almost yeah yeah tearing down yeah Yeah, let me yeah let me because i don't want him i don't want to misrepresent what he's saying and i don't you know that's not what i'm getting but that spirit of just like you said tearing down yeah there and he'll and he'll come back and say i'm not trying to tear you down right but then say something that'll just tear you down you know yeah (laughs) yeah but um, so those types of things are happening, and um, and I saw that at um TGC back in twenty again twenty eighteen was that year where I just learned a whole lot of mm. on there was good there was and there was bad there was people who to listen to people who to, to right. avoid it right and they right. had a women of color gathering at that event where only women of color but it was actually mostly black women were invited to this special session yikes. to just come together and cry about being black and oh, I was just like. <laughs> I was like, y'all, this, this don't look right to me, you yeah, know. And I was like, I something at the the church. And, yeah. yeah, and I just, and they were like, we need to separate from the hole so we can heal the part. And then we can right. go back to the like, what? It was the, the bearer <laughs> of the gospel, <laughs> the, the message that says that Jesus took upon his own flesh mm-hmm. the breaking that <laughs> broke down the barriers. Mm-hmm. The dividing walls of hostility, putting them back up, broken in his flesh once and for up. all. And we're we're sitting here trying to fuck them like puzzle pieces. How what's this racism? Let me put that there. That look like a corner yeah. piece. And yeah. It's like the, and those realities. It can they exist in this world? But for the Christian, we are pointing to eternity. Yeah. That's right. But we want to find home in this this feudal finite reality. Hevel. Yeah. Hevel. Yeah. We're reading, going through Ecclesiastes. Talks about vapor. Okay, we're running out of time, and you 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 need to spend time with your husband. So I'm going to ask this one question. Okay. If you could were had to write only one more blog, Mm. what would that topic be? I think um, maybe about how we all need to lay aside every weight that so ensnares us, Mm. and just get back to what we should be doing as believers, and Mm. that's. Being um, disciples of Christ, sharing the gospel, making disciples, um, 
and living a life that is, you know, that makes our calling and election sure. I think mm. that's really my heart with a lot of things. The the meat of what I that I hope I'm that I hope I'm communicating with people is that I just want to cut through all the noise and yes. get back to what we as believers should should do. So yeah. if I had, that would be a hard thing to do to be my last blog page, right? But if if my boo came to me today and say, babe. I realize that you're spending too much time and you don't, you know, with the blog, you don't spend any time with me. So you may need to take a break. Okay, one last blog post, babe. <laughs> <laughs> it would be, it would be about, that. Yeah, it would be about it that. Be so, that. Just so much noise and it's actually very discouraging. And I have to mm. remember uh, to try to tune it out. It's it's easy. And that's why I do commend and I'm grateful for, for pastors who do exegetical preaching because it is very tempting to do topical i'm not saying that it's necessarily wrong to do a topical sermon um i don't think that's the case Mm -hmm. but if you're doing that all the time you can easily well you can look up in 10 years and your congregation doesn't know the bible right doesn't know the bible yeah and and you're distracted you're all over the place you know so that's right um yeah well, that's a great that's a, a great ending there constance we appreciate you joining black and blurred social media um yeah, do you have some things that you want to share uh, or be share your social media or share your blog address one more time for yeah, the people? Sure. So uh, my website is truthandfire.com. It's, it's spelled truth and A-N-D, fire.com. But the podcast is found on um, pretty much every podcast streaming platform, Spotify, Apple, Google Play. Um, and so for that, it's truth plus sign fire mm. um, if you're searching for it there. Um, but it's also on the website. And then um, I also do some writing over at Pyrolethos Foundation. Okay. They are relatively new. They just launched at the end of 2021. Uh, 501c3 um, conservative Christian site that just allows myself. And I'm not sure if you guys have ever heard of Samuel Say. Um, I've heard that name before. Slow, slow to write. Um, he and oh, yeah, I that's do, right. Yeah, we do some writing over there as well. So some of our content will just kind of cross promote, if you will, our content. Oh, nice! At Parolitos Foundation as well. Um, so and this for and this also an avenue for those who want to support because I'm really bad at fundraising. I don't like it. It's just just coming from that prosperity gospel background. Yeah, I just, yeah, I hear you. No confusion. I hear but uh, Parolitos Foundation has um, they support me through that. So for those who would like to support me, they can support Parolitos, and then you know earmark whatever they would like to say my little way and that's fine yeah. but no pressure no pressure <laughs> um, well yeah so that's that's where you can find me um uh, instagram verita if twitter verita if facebook everybody else i'm not doing it i'm over it. it's too much <laughs> <laughs> well thank you very much we are glad that you were able to join us in this episode we are definitely fighting the same battle um as siblings but then also as postmates for that we're on the same post warding off the same enemy so we definitely have to do this again before before we close out i'm gonna have to give you make sure you give um my number to your husband so he and i can link up but thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of black and blur where you are guaranteed to hear one of two things our humble opinion or the facts holler at us